we're back. Hey, hey, we're welcome to a Center and Saint podcast with Ben and Patrick. We're back like bad acne. Oh, you thought we'd go away. We well, just, we just keep showing up. We're that bunion that won't quit. Come on. <laughs> we're glad you're here. Thanks for being here, Barb and Carl. Barb, Carl, you guys are the best. Thanks. Carl, thanks for being faithful, Carl. Rivera. Hey, uh, real quick, Bob, uh, Barb and Carl, less pictures, okay? Yeah. We thought you guys yeah. were gonna be uh, better looking, and uh, we're not. We're not saying. I mean, we're not trying to put the ugly on blast. We're just no, saying, no, like, no, no. Just clean uh, it up. Not everything needs to be shared. You yeah, know? clean it up. No, uh, it's okay to have some mystery in this. Yeah. Yeah. Le- let uh, leave a little for the imagination. I guess yeah, is what I'd, you're saying. I'd like that. Yeah. I, I mean, like personally, I've got an ma- active imagination, so I can I can go lots of directions. So just. Uh, Personally, I'm asking for it. Just hold I'm, back. I'm asking. Just for it. hold yeah. back. It's, a it's bit. not a suggestion. It's a. Uh, <laughs> it's a. You're you're gonna get. Uh, we don't want to have to block you, but we will. I will find your address and I will snail mail, hate mail you, <laughs> whatever snail I need. Snail mail, to. rage mail. Make sure snail you get your letter out today. Get that out this week uh, to uh, uh, to a local coworker. Uh, USPS, not a sponsor, but uh, jump right. on in if you guys want. <laughs> so we, we plan to do this well into our uh, wow. age. We do, they do, they're not gonna be able to afford it. How much is a stamp these days? I don't know the last. So, I recently got snail mail from one one Sir Patrick, Mister Patrick. I told you I'd send it to you. And I so so I get this letter in my mailbox, (laughs) and I I'm like, why is he sending me a letter? Uh, Just love. And it was rage mail. Back on it, I thought it was rage mail, and I got really excited. But back on episode one, we talked about how much I really enjoy snail mail, and um, he uh, he wrote me a note, and it I, got, I got halfway through that note before I realized what the purpose of the note was, <laughs> and I start laughing out loud in my kitchen, and I just said, "He's an idiot," <laughs> and uh, it not, still made that my wasn't, day. That wasn't new news. Though. It made my. It wasn't day. a new revelation, just confirmation of what you'd already assumed previously. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, uh, happy September 11th to you. Happy. Uh, well, I don't know if we say um, happy September 11th. Never forget September 11th. Yep. Is I believe. Or the potato famine. Or the potato famine, yeah. which I know your people, your people. Oh. Uh, bring us in with the spirits. What do we got here? Oh well, I, I hope. I hope. So I, I couldn't finish the last one before the last episode. So I'm coming into this one like determined to finish this one. Okay. So if it's well, stiff, first of all, I. Things may get slurred by the end of this episode, it's, right? It's not a physical challenge. You oh. don't have to finish every it's cocktail. It's not? No. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure of any I, of this. Uh, let me, hold on. Let me look at my contract real quick. No, it says I have to finish it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That's well, how we drew it up. All right. So then the last episode, you're contractually obligated to not get paid. Oh, Because that you is didn't finish true. your cocktail. We're not making money. So, but yeah, I, uh, but I don't, I don't mix the drinks. Eddie does. Eddie! Eddie! Bring us in, Eddie! Hey, good to see you, Ed. Tell the wife I said hello. Exactly. Time to get a drink. Come on. Just a little drink. I'm glad that he shows up just for this part. I mean, it's not much. And and he's got the four-piece band with him to help carry, I mean, Eddie. It's, it's not over the top, buddy. I don't. I know you said that off the air that your wife thinks it's a little over, but it's not. It's not over the top. You just keep showing up, Eddie. So here's what I like is that you were smart enough to like target him <laughs> while he was still playing, so he never broke. He wasn't like he's a That's true professional. Professionalism, true professional. Professional. So 
Today's cocktail is actually not necessarily even a cocktail. What? Not every cocktail has to be complex and sexy and like, I've got nine ingredients and here is $19 later, you've got to pay me. Today's is very, very easy. You go cut the grass on a hot summer day. Okay. This is a good one. Seven and seven. Seven. It's it's whiskey and seven up. That's it. Are you at wh oh, yeah. whiskey? And seven. Uh, right there, okay, nice got and it. Easy. Got it down. Got it down. Um, um, it's just, but it's an easy drinker. It's not high octane. You can make it however high octane if you want. You can put it in a pint glass if you've got a real problem. Come on. That you need to see a professional about. Come on. But um, no, it's just an easy drinker. So today isn't necessarily a cocktail. It's just hey, a mixed drink. Yeah, it's just a mixed drink. Do you call that just a mixed drink? I call everything a cocktail. Okay. I, uh, that's, I'm, I'm probably wrong. Yeah. But I'll call everything. Like, if I if it goes in a cocktail glass, it's a cocktail. Okay. If it's more than one thing, like, if I just pour bourbon in a glass, that's just bourbon. That's, that's just, just scotch. That's neat. That's just neat. Yep. That's neat. That's neat. That's, that's cool. Neat. That's cool to talk about. Um, you got a bourbon of choice? You know, it's funny. I've got a uh, one of my best funny friends. Funny ha-ha or funny? <laughs> well, okay, I'm just going to share this. Mm, short bus funny. Okay. So, oh, I uh, I got a buddy who's a whiskey expert. That's his actual job. Talk about the coolest job. Wow. In the world I thought I had a cool job. So, uh, you, well, I mean, in some circles you do. I mean, but he's a whiskey expert and he works for a distillery out of Kentucky. And when I went down, he let me tour the the distillery and the rick houses and things like that, which was really cool. And I was with another group, and the group I was with asked, what's your daily drinker? Like, what's what's the bourbon that you get home from work and you pour a glass of? And, like, without missing a beat, I was like, there are two of them. It's it's Woodford Reserve Double Oak, okay. which is maybe the finest bourbon I've ever had. Really? It's just, it's really unique. Okay. And that's what I like about it. It's really unique. And Old Forester. Any Old Forester I works. like Old Forester. Yeah, any Old Forester works. Funny old Forrester joke for you. Oh, not a joke. even a joke. A joke. Nope. It's, uh, it's on the so bottom. So this of the... old Forrester gets his arm cut off. <laughs> <laughs> yuck! 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 No. Um. So I have uh, one of like the the twenty ounce coffee tumblers. Okay. Like a Yeti. Can you but fill it's... that with old Forrester? No. Uh, well, you're well, worthless at work. But, uh, I don't. You're even worthless know. at work anyway. I Come don't on. even know how they let me stay yeah, stay on at all. You um, make people feel better about themselves because you're so miserable. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah, they look at me good. and go, well, yeah. at least I'm not that guy. I'm not him. Yeah. I'm okay. Life could be worse. I could be that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, no, but I have this tumbler, and I went. I go back to my folks' house about once a month and help them out with stuff. They're getting older, and, and they can't really keep up with their properties very well. No, not not at all. Come no, on. No, they're getting, they are, they, they're not getting wiser. <laughs> um, but they are, they're getting older, and so I'll go help them out a little bit, and, um, so I took coffee out there one morning, and I've, I've got this old Forester, like, tumbler. and Like the old my, thermos? And no, no, no. It's just it's just like a 20-ounce tumbler. It's like a normal How coffee How much you mug. have to drink for old Forester to be like, hey, thanks for sponsoring us. Here's a tumbler. No, no, no. When you know a guy who used to work for old Forester, you <laughs> get a lot of old Forester swag. Is it made out of wood? So, no, no, well, it's not. Well, then it's not real. It's not, but... Fake. My my stepdad is he was a forester his entire career. Like has a forestry degree from Purdue. Boiler up. And he Wait, hammer down <laughs> Hammer down, baby. <laughs> You're learning. Oh the the uh the I'm getting there. People that you can't teach an old dog new I'm a slow learner. Yeah. Um but I had that mug up there and my mom was like, Oh, is that is that for pop? And I was like, No, why? And she's like 
because he's an old forester. Really? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, really? really? Yeah. Like he's a she, arborist. He is a he old is a, forester. He is an elderly uh, man who was a forester. That's awesome. And so she's like, is that his? Because he's an old forester. And I was like, first of all, that kind of seems mean. Like you're just picking on your husband, calling him an old forester. But then I realized, wow. Works. Pops a little forester. Yeah. And so, um, and he knows so the old. same guy, the same guy who gave me the original one actually gave me a, after I told him that story, gave me a second one to give to pop. So now pop has a, a tumbler that is an old forester tumbler because he is an, an old, old forester. forester. Literally yeah. you yep. are, you are an old take, forester. Take it, take it away. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that you call him pops. My dad's, I do. My I dad's do. just dad. Dad's just dad. Just dad. Well, but we talked about that earlier. Um, you know, my dad died when I was a My biological dad died sure. when I was a kid. Yeah. I don't have a lot of memories of him because he died when I was young. Sure. But um, oddly enough, Pop was, he lived in our neighborhood. He was friends with my dad. Uh-huh. And, like, we knew him. And so wow. Pop has actually been in my life my entire life. Yeah. But when he married my mom, I was 10. And they, so he's been... I mean, the father figure he I is had. Your, yeah, he's yeah, your father. He, yeah, we've talked plenty about Pops, yeah. and yeah. he absolutely is that for you. I know you yep. You sometimes make the distinction between the two, yeah. but I also know that within uh, the core of your being, yeah. he, Pop, Pop he is. is dad. He yeah, is and dad. he and I have had those conversations where I've said, you know, you have always been the kind of constant father figure sure. that I've had. And, and he's a great guy. Great guy. I have a great deal of respect for him. Yeah. And so, but he is an old forester. Yeah. So. I, I, you know, I've, I've never met your parents. Um, and I, and I'd be okay someday if that happened. I'm not sure I'm necessarily interested in orchestrating something like that, but no, I think if I'd by like circumstance to... it happened, that'd be okay. Um, and, a... and it would be rewarding in that sense to finally put, you know, a face to the name sure. and to have some sure. context to the story. Yeah, I, I want to protect them from you. So <laughs> I, I, I'm afraid that... Are you afraid that I may be their better son? That they're like, um, hey, Ben, can you... We went ahead and blocked you from our phones. Um, can you make sure that Patrick has a way to contact us? Oh, dude, they will 100% trade trade <laughs> me for you. Like, they might actually be like, now, now, Pat, Ben, can you... We need some stuff done in the yard. You go out and work. Patrick, we want to talk to you. Yeah, What's come your in, parents' come address? In. We'd yeah. like to send them some snail mail with, uh, with a child <laughs> adoption application. Adoption. And we'd like them to fill out your positive and negatives, uh, and we're going to sell Ben to them, and then we'll just swap. Yeah. And now Ben's I, from Missouri. And, I really, li- and, I really like this. I like how this is working. Out. My, um, yeah. You're not going to like it when you got to go there and work. You know the but. stories you've told of pops. Like I, I appreciate them because you, it's, it's, it's very fond. You have a fondness uh, when mm-hmm. you speak of your father, mm-hmm. and and my dad, uh, I would say is was the best dad ever. Like dad was just, yeah. uh, and is. Um, he just was great. He was, he was not um, macho. Like he, he didn't portray this like machismo uh, that yeah. is often seen in our culture. Sure. Uh, he was, he was uh, there. He was available. Uh, he was, he was emotional. He was a hugger, yeah. which is why I'm a hugger, oh. no doubt. Right. Yeah. Like that, dad, you and, are a hugger. And dad is like, I'm okay with that. Like he, like in in our adult life, we talked about like dad, I'm a hugger. And and people seem to like that about me or whatever. And he's like, oh, I'm a hugger because uh, if if people want to hug me, there's a sense of safety and security there. And mm. in this world today, that's okay for people to come to you for for a sense of safety and wow. security. And so okay. I've I've always appreciated that about him. I remember in like I was probably sixth or seventh grade, and we watched this movie called 
uh, Best of the Best. You ever seen it? No. It's this old martial arts movie. It's like kind of um, MMA before MMA was it. Okay. And in it, as most like 90s movies were, it was like this, it was this very macho movie. Like there was this team from the U.S. of MMA fighters, which is like just brutal, like beat you till you're nearly dead. Ooh. And which is the victory. Yeah. And they were fighting the Chinese or Japan team. It was, it was an Asian team. I remember. Okay. Um, and, and they were fighting each other. And, and in the end, there's this critical moment where there's this exchange between the teams that's out of this kind of respect of sportsmanship. And it's this very, like, despite it being a very, like, uh, violent, movie because uh, I first watched it with my cousins my cousins introduced it to me and then I later brought it home and showed it to my dad and I remember when I watched it with my dad like I looked over at my dad and my dad was crying and it was the first time I saw my dad cry and I was yeah. like and I remember I, I called him out on it and I was like dad you're crying and he's like yeah this this is a film that's evoking that emotion for me I don't remember what he yeah. said but it was something to that effect of like yeah and that's okay and like I, that was such a like again I grew up in the hills of rural Missouri where mm-hmm. you know the men were farmers and men were men and they were larger yeah. than life my grandfather yeah. my uncle my dad like they were the, just these monsters of men yeah and I remember my dad was never a hard man but it was in that moment that I was like oh dad's a dad's a tender man yeah and that tenderness like was this. It just was this whole new doorway of understanding my own manhood yeah. uh, and what that meant for me as I grew and mature. So, like, Dad was great in that regard of being able to embody the fullness of of humanity. Yeah. And what that meant. Interesting. Yeah. Now, are you are you a man who will get emotional at the end of movies? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I went and watched my daughter uh, a few years ago, Little Women. Uh, was re-relaunched as a as a movie. Okay. Uh, with, I think Emma Emma Watson was in it. Yeah. Um, and she wanted to see it for whatever reason. And I I do monthly dad dates with my kids, and mm-hmm. so they get time one on one with me to go do something of reasonable value, yeah. uh, an event, and usually a meal. Okay. And it's a chance for me to connect with them. It's okay. a chance for me to have intentional one on one time with them. Yeah. That's and so a they really know that. Thing. Right. Yeah. And it's it's a time that they know that like. Uh, I want this with them, but they're responsible for setting it up. Okay. Like, so they are the ones. So they plan it. They have to come and say, hey, this is what I want to do. And I'm like, great, let's go do this. Cool. Let's find the time and let's go do it. Every month. And so my my daughter came to me and she says, we're going to go see Little Women. I can't wait to go see Little Women. That's what I want for my dad dad date. And I think it was January. I think -hmm. think the movie came out like Christmas. It was a Christmas holiday release kind of a thing. Um, And she's like, I want to go see this movie. And I was like, yeah, I I do too. It looks... It actually looks pretty good. Okay. And uh, and so she and I went and we watched it. And uh, like at one point in the movie, she and I are both crying through this movie together. Um, and then it was funny. I, my, I, I celebrate my anniversary. With my, my wife and I celebrate our anniversary in January. And she's like, I want to go see this movie. And <laughs> so you doubled down. And so I, I said, yeah, I'll, I'll gladly go see it. Wow. It, it absolutely was worth it. Was it was that I, good. But my wife is not an emotional type. She is She I, is not. I once shared an office with her. <laughs> Quite the robot. Quite the robot. She's from Russia. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I told her, I said, well, at the end of the movie, when you look over at me, I'll, there'll be water in my eyes. 
And I said, that's me crying and just having an emotional response to the beauty of the movie. Be water. Yeah. And I said, there's no reason to be, there's no reason to be alarmed. Just know that that's what's happening. Just at the end of the movie, uh-huh. I, I might be leaking. Yeah. From my face. And it's so, fine. So it's we totally went on our, on our anniversary and it exactly played out that way. That, that the scene hit and I got emotional yeah. and began to tear up. And uh, I, I'm sure she, she looked over sure. at me of like, why are you sniffling? And yeah. I'm like, it's okay, cold, yeah. hard Russian woman. Robot. Absolutely robot. robot. Absolutely robot. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There were times when I would I would walk into that office and be like, what would you like for mm. lunch, Ben? I'd be like, oh, okay, sorry. Woo, Work woo. Life. Yeah, it's, it's, cold. T- it's tough. That's cold. It's tough. It's tough. Um, uh, do you have, like, you probably don't. I don't have you're, any you're, robot you're not. No, you're not a very... Money. I, you express full range of emotion, but I, but you're no. you, you're you kind of as you said you kind of keep things kind of close to the chest. I do, and that's okay. Um, there are movies that I can watch that I know will evoke that from me. Sure. And, and there was a moment in the pandemic when kind of everything was so crazy and so stressful and hectic, mm-hmm. and within me, like I knew, like I. I need to cry and I can't. Mm-hmm. Like I just was so caught up with. You had a bottleneck of emotion that you needed. I did, to and I and I could yeah. not get the release. I sure. could not get that expression to flow from me. Okay. And and so I was like, if I watch this movie, that'll that'll tip it. Okay. And that'll that'll help me to get to that point emotionally. Right. Um. And the movie. The movie was Rain Over Me. Are you familiar oh, with this Oh, yeah, with, uh, Ad, wait, that's Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler and Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. It, yeah. is, it is one yeah. of my favorite films. It's one of the few serious films, I would say, of Adam Sandler's career. Now, i got to go on record. I've not seen it. It is. Now, the, the statute of limitations on spoilers is well beyond, because that movie's old. I, well, I, I, won't, I won't spoil it, because okay there's, there's no way of spoiling it. Okay. Um... Uh, but I've not seen it, but it... Yeah, so so yeah. The, the premise of the movie is uh, Adam Sandler is is this man who lost his family to uh, the attack of 9-11. Okay. And roughly, uh, I don't remember how long the time is, but it's sometime afterwards, uh, a, he, and he was, a, he was a dentist or an oral surgeon of some okay. sort, something in that, in that field. Um, and he comes across, Don Cheadle comes across him in, in New York City, um, and recognizing they were roommates together in college oh, okay. as they were going through this program. And he recognizes okay. him and he attempts to reconnect him. And, and at the moment, Don Cheadle's, his personal life, his family life, uh, his practice are not in great shape. Okay. Um, and he, he's just struggling with who am I? Uh, what does my life mean? What's the value of my, of my work and my effort? And he sees this familiar figure from the past who he who was a roommate with mm-hmm. so he had a level of intimacy but he also knew the depth of this man's grief and despair mm-hmm. and he tries to reach out for him and adam is kind of there's kind of this closed off mm-hmm. compartmentalized version uh that he wants to connect with with uh his former friend okay um and so it, it's this beautiful film of of adam's character kind of trying to process everything that he's tried to ignore, right? He's, he's not addressed it. He's yeah. not, well, from the outside, it seems like he's not processed it. He's yeah. ignoring it. Um, and in a sense, not respecting his wife and his kids that he lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and from the other side, it is 
John Don Cheadle's character trying to find like uh, meaning and purpose. He, he appreciates the freedom mm -hmm. that Adam Sandler has, free of obligation of yeah. practice and family. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's just there's this there's just a few there's a num there's a handful of key moments from halfway to the end that just get get me. They get okay. me and they destroy me emotionally. Wow. Okay. And I and I knew like at this moment like all this is welling up within me and I cannot get it out. And I was like, if I can watch this film, this I can have the release. This will get the yeah. release that I need, yeah. so I can actually feel the depth of the pain that I'm experiencing of, yeah. of my own, but also uh, of those others that I'm carrying with me in this space. Yeah. Uh, and I needed that. Um, mm. And so, yeah, I, I sat down and I, like, I knew what I was doing. Like I'm sitting down to watch this film to get me to this place of emotional expression yeah. that for whatever reason, I'm not allowing myself to go there. Sure. And, and yeah. I don't, you know, I, I yeah. thought about that often of like, why, why did I need that? Why did I need the prompting? Why did I need, in a sense, permission uh, to feel the depth? Of, and I still don't have the answer to that other than... Um, it's cathartic, right? It, it was, but I don't know why I, why I wouldn't allow myself to go there on my own. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I haven't found that solution. I haven't found that answer yet. Um, but it's still one of those things because I, I deal in a very... Uh, as a minister, uh, you know, it, it is not uncommon uh, in in my day to both experience the beauty of uh, a family celebrating the the news of a newborn mm -hmm. or new life coming into or anything mm -hmm. of of a high extreme mm -hmm. high, uh, and at the same time also turn and sure. experience the depth of grief and loss sure. from the family. Um, yeah, and I and, will say real quick to our listeners, you know, thank you, Barb and Carl. Mm -hmm. um, today's episode will be a little bit different for us because we are going to reflect on 9-11. Mm. So it will, while we do have a lot of laughs today, maybe a little bit more um, a day of... Reflective. You know, yeah. Reflective. Yeah, it's going to be reflective. There's going to be a little bit more gravity there. Um, so yeah, so, so just a heads up that that will be... Kind of the the theme of of this one because it is a little bit different. Yeah, and and I think in that space we invite you into that, right? Go go back to that moment or the moment. Um... <laughs> well, that was loud. Well, Ben's, Ben's done, so he's leaving. Thanks yep. for yeah. Well, thanks for joining. Bye bye, Ed. Thanks for coming and yeah. serving those drinks yeah. up. Boy, well, he nice got time. out of here in a hurry, didn't he? <laughs> wow, that was aggressive. <laughs> He, he's uh, not interested in having conversations uh, about and, and Just when I say you're not going to laugh, a car <laughs> fires up in the driveway and takes uh, off. That, that's uh, why this podcast works, because... Uh, you don't know what's happening that, That's life, right? Despite, <laughs> despite the moment of, like, this, yeah, this kind of surreal know. moment of, it. like, uh, holiness or sacredness or attuneness, whatever you want to call it. We don't know um, what we're doing. Life throws you a curve. Um. Yeah, so today's episode will be a little bit different. I, I will say that I am also um, as compartmentalized as I can be and that I prefer to be. Um, I 100% will get emotional during, uh, during film, during music, things. One of the biggest things I... One of the biggest things that will get me emotional is live music. And not yeah. necessarily like... Not necessarily a concert, but like 
I remember when I was a kid, I had a teacher tell us we had a we had a kid die when I was in middle school, and I was in band, and our band director, like, started class, and he just said, I'm trying to remember exactly what he said, but it was something like, music is a language we understand but can't speak. Mm. Go get your instruments. Yeah. And so for me, music has always held a really powerful place in my life for kind of an understanding that this is emotion in a very different form. And, you know, today, as we remember 9-11 and we, we think about where we were, you know, gosh, what, 21 years ago, whatever mm-hmm. it was. I mean, we want to keep this podcast evergreen, but obviously 9-11 falls on a Sunday and we drop on Sundays. And so this is, you know, a good day of kind of Memoriam. Yeah, memoriam and, and being being open and honest about where we were on those days, or on that day, I should say. Um, but yeah, I, I know I lived with my brother for a while in New York, and we went to a Broadway show, and when like that full chorus hits, yeah. like everybody's on stage, and it, it, it's just emotion and sound, and it's blasting you, yeah. and it's all out front. I was like... Oh my God, I don't want him to see I'm crying. And then I look over and he's crying. And I was like, all right, we're criers. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But it was it was one of those where I was like, I wanted to feel tough in front of my big brother. Yeah. Because I've always been a tougher kid mm-hmm. than my brother was. And so I've always been really the the tough kid of my family. And But I was like, oh, okay, he feels it too then. Yeah. Like he knows how powerful this is. And it was, it was a really good good like we never spoke about it but we both knew it we both acknowledged sure sure and it was a good moment where we could be like yeah it's okay like it's okay to have that emotional release because something that someone else created is so beautiful in your eye that you're feeling the emotion that they poured into it and it's causing an emotional reaction in you and i think that that's i think that's a pretty good thing in life i mean as a person who subscribes to the conceal don't feel theory of life <laughs> you know it's it's good to have those moments where you can let some of that out yeah so, I, I think we um, need it um absolutely um it is it, it, it's the epoch of that center and saint moment right mm-hmm. of realizing just um we are in uh, by my belief in my worldview um you know, some people say, you know, we live in a physical world and there are spiritual elements to it. And I, mm-hmm. I would say the conversely, which is uh, we live in a spiritual world and we have a human or an emotional element to that. Sure. Sure. The yin and the yang. Yeah. And so, and within that, within that balance, uh, there is uh, the profound, unspeakable moments that uh, emotion evokes. I think I think emotion, when we use emotional language, uh, we're using spiritual language, right? If you, if you talk to anybody and ask them, hey, how are you, um, how are you spiritually? Regardless of their faith background, they're going to use emotion language. They're not going to use reasoning language. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's because that's the core of our experience. Uh, that we relate in spirit to one another, right? It's it's the it's the reality of someone you've never met before, mm-hmm. but yet you know intuitively, like whether or not you are 
compelled by them or mm. repelled by them like magnets right there is this energy that is that mm. is being uh, transferred that relates a story emotion a connection sure. that can't be put into words yeah yeah does that resonate does that sound yeah that's fair yeah that's fair from from a we come from different spiritual planes perspectives um yeah yours is more based in religion mine's more based in bourbon mm-hmm. so <laughs> i have a so, yeah i yeah. have a religion and a secondary in bourbon so oh see i have a i have a uh, un- understudy uh, my 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 bachelor's degree was in bourbon and my master's was in scotch so <laughs> uh well um, we, and we learned a few episodes ago that uh alcohol was created by the religious party so it was I, it's to not, circumvent it's, Lent. it's not it's Loopholes. not it's not divorced of the circumstance like the spiritual Loopholes. experience is a uh spiritual experience as i shake my as my shake as i, I shake wasn't my sure what you were doing seven and it was, seven it just looked like you were well my my ice cubes have melted so they're not you were shaking your glass with the microphone <laughs> and i was like well he's just trying to ruin the microphone at this point <laughs> don't hurt the equipment oh my gosh we got a good thing going off the rails um, which is why 9-11 speaks to us, right? If we're honest, I can and this remember, is, go sorry, ahead, go sorry, ahead. No, I can remember when I was a kid, my mom said, so in, in, was it 1986, the Challenger blew up? Yeah. And, and my mom was like, this is, this is a historic event. Like mm-hmm. this is, maybe it was 87, something like that. But she was like, this is, this is an event in history. And she was, she told the story several times that she knew exactly where she was in her fourth grade class when Kennedy was assassinated. Mm. And they came over the loudspeaker and they said, yeah. you know, the president has been assassinated in Dallas, yada, yada, yada. And she's like, there are moments in your life that are that big that you yeah. just, you remember where you were. And I was like, no, that's not a thing. That's not it. And so then like the eighties went along and I was like, yeah, I kind of remember the challenger, but like I was, I was the little kid and I was a jerk. And like yeah. I, one of the, one of the blow up clouds looked like a duck and I was pointing out it looked like a duck <laughs> and I got yelled at for that. And like, so don't, don't do cloud shapes, kids don't do cloud shapes when rockets blow up and people die. Um, and then like the Berlin wall came down and what was that? 94, 93, yeah, something like that. That wasn't one of those moments for me, but it wasn't for me either. And I was, and I just remember a girl on the bus being like, the Berlin wall came down. And I was like, hey, yeah, cool. good for the wall. Yeah. Maybe someday. <laughs> That's the wall. Yeah. I don't know. What's my perspective on the wall. Someday I'll get into Bundesliga. I don't know. Yeah. And then, but when nine 11 happened, man, it's, it's one of those days where that so, was. The so the challenger time. and then nine 11, was there anything in between there? So I have, I have two. What were they? What, what are your two? I, I, not, uh, I, not, not to come off um, my head. Jessica in the well. Jessica in the well? You don't remember baby Jessica falling down the well? Did Lassie save her? <laughs> no. It, what? It Timmy, was, that was Timmy in the well. No. Timmy <laughs> fell down a well. Lassie, go get help. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave that to you. But Jessica in the well, you can do a Google search and find out. But obviously it doesn't. It had no impact on you. But it was... It was huge for me. It was whether it was the big news. Was it in Missouri? Did that happen I don't, near you? I think it was in Texas, but I'm not sure. But it was a, it was a, this infant, oh, this wow. two or three year old, who fell down a small like twelve inch well in her yard and was trapped. And there was this big continuous effort of how do we get her out alive? Well, that's just bad parenting. 
Well, obviously magnets. Uh, Mag- Get her out. Magnets. Yeah, magnets. Duh. Pretty much. Um, and I could have solved that mystery. And then the second, not quite as uh, profound, was um, the O.J. Simpson chase. Oh, okay. I do remember. Yeah. I was pulling into my driveway. I was coming home from track practice, uh, whatever year that was, but my junior year, I think. Uh, 96, right? No, no, no. 96 was the verdict. Okay. So 95? It was the spring. It had to be the spring because I was... I remember pulling in and us then going in and putting it on the TV and watching this this chase unfold on uh, I-5, right? I-5 in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, watching him pull up to the house and be like, this is so unreal. Wow. So here's the thing. I remember, I don't remember where I was during the OJ chase. I remember seeing it, but what I'm afraid is that my brain, my memory has manipulated the memory. Okay. So that, like, sure. I, I, I think I see the footage. I right, right. See you from see it. I don't remember the memory. Uh-huh. Um, but I do remember the verdict, and the verdict was: I was on this council for kids. This is dumb. Stay with me. Yeah. yeah. So I was on a council for kids that <laughs> met with a bunch of other schools councils for kids about how to keep kids off drugs. But I did drugs the whole time. So <laughs> kids don't do drugs is the real thing you were, here. You were, the, you were the case study? And we brought uh, Ben here as the case study. <laughs> we brought Ben. Who's, look, at, uh, look at the mess that he is, children. This kid's don't all Don't do already. this. He's doing recreational drugs and don't do them. Um, no, it's it was dumb. I, I do have a checkered past. Uh, and, and that was part of it. But I remember I had gone from my school in the... Because there was only like six of us on this committee who met with like a bunch... And I'm, I'm talking like 12 schools all met once a month for this thing. Right. And I don't know how I got selected. People were dumb back then. Super naive. Super naive <laughs> teachers not looking at high uh, kids. Dare. Dare program. So, uh, uh, just put yeah. this shirt on, kids. So, yeah, if you wear a Dare shirt, you can get away with it. Um... <laughs> But we we went to Hagerstown High School, which yeah. is in like eastern Indiana, uh-huh. and and we were sitting there, and I remember that the guidance counselor, who was like the the sponsor of this thing, wouldn't let us out of the van until we heard the OJ verdict. Mm. And so we were sitting there. It was a rainy day, and we're sitting there and listening to the OJ verdict before we went into the high school to have this meeting. So I do remember where the OJ verdict uh. was. But I don't necessarily remember the the chase. Yeah. Um, because, like I said, I think my mind is. You blend it, right? You yeah. See, oh, I yeah. mean, there's been enough news coverage. Oh, absolutely. It's shown I've up in movies that. and different stuff that you're like, wait, is that my memory or is yeah. that the yeah. recollection of my memory in another experience? And I can't buy a white Bronco to this day. Yeah, I no, mean, just on no, yeah, alone. I yeah, so. no, I bid on three of them on eBay and just live lost. Yeah. So, um, so tw- twenty one years ago, do you do you remember nine eleven though? Uh, vividly, uh, I was I was in a ministerial meeting in Springfield, Ohio, the Church God in Springfield, Ohio. Okay, it was our regular um, uh, district meeting for that, and so we were in a chapel in the church, and um, we were we were having we usually had an opening um, morning session with each other of uh, just kind of sharing what's going on, mm-hmm. and then we usually broke into some other uh, different discussions later in the day. And I remember as we were there. Uh, the senior pastor who, uh, the senior pastor of the church that I was serving at, uh, came in and made the announcement. And he said, uh, as I was driving here, uh, he was coming in late. He says, I was driving here, 
uh, there was an announcement on the radio that a plane had just hit one of the tower, one of the towers in New York City. Yeah. And our, my thought was, that's ridiculous. You, you weren't paying attention. Sure. Like, yeah, that, bad pilot. That doesn't happen. So yeah. you heard something wrong on the radio. And now oh, you thought he misheard the the broadcast. Yeah, I, I, I thought he was sharing oh, just okay. ignorant information that okay. was not true. That he heard something wrong. Yeah, and now he was spreading it. Yeah, and I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. That that would never ever happen. Yeah. And then while he was there, someone else, one well, of the secretary from the church, came in and said, a second plane has now hit the mm-hmm. other tower. Mm-hmm. And at that point. Uh, whoever was facilitating our our conversation our day said, uh, let's close in prayer. We don't know what's going on. Let's close in prayer and yeah. let's head back to our community so that we can be available to our people. Yeah. And so we did. We went back to the office. Um, we watched the day unfold on this, um, this little six-inch black and white TV that we oh, had in man. the office. Yeah. Um, you know, this was back in the days of dial-up, sure, antenna. Right? Yeah. dialed up on the internet. Yeah. And so it wasn't this constant feed on broadband. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, that's what the internet made. If you're not familiar with that, millennials and younger. Yeah. To all uh, you kids, that's what the internet <laughs> used to sound like. Um, and, and yeah, we were following the story and I remember at like three o'clock, he's like, just go home. Yeah. Just go home. I, yeah. I don't know what to do with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we did, yeah, we went home. The um, uh, yeah. So I'll stop there. Where's your what's your what's no, your you core? Mem- no, I'll I'll come back to what I did with that information. Oh sure. After that, but let's hear your um, story. So I was in college at the time, and um, I lived with a guy. Just it was me and one other guy who lived in our in our house. Uh, his name was Chris. And shout out Chris if you're still out there. Uh, we lost touch, but he um, he worked the night shift, and he was he had gotten home and he was like having dinner and cocktails at you know nine o'clock in the morning because he worked the night shift sure and i was asleep upstairs i was sleeping in because i didn't have class until noon or one something like that i didn't have class till the afternoon and i wake up he's banging down my door and and i opened the door and i was like what's going on he's like you got to come downstairs i was like okay and my brother cj worked in tower two Mm. and worked in commercial real estate at the time Ooh. and I'll get through this as best I can unemotionally but he mm. um, Chris was like hey you've got to come see what's going on on TV and so they're showing like the 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 tower on fire and then we're watching it live as the second plane hits mm-hmm. and but because like the World Trade Center had cell towers on it like all the cell signals went down yeah and so we just didn't know like right nothing we yeah nothing yeah we didn't know at all like what had happened or if he was okay or what what it, you know and i remember talking to him and he'll correct me if i'm wrong because he listens to this podcast he's not to carl we have more than two listeners he's barb he's oh been he's the barb he's now. barb yeah he's barb pull the curtains back sorry we have more than two <laughs> listeners but we finally got in touch with him the following day, and it was just a text, but it was enough. Sure. But it was right. like, I'm safe, I'm okay. Yeah. And when wow. he and I talked about it, he worked in commercial real estate at the time, and he had a client who wanted to see space in Midtown. And so 
Monday night, they had said, I want to see space in Midtown. He said, fine, I'll meet you at the Midtown office. Mm. So he was at the Midtown office. Yeah. and But he said that the worst part for him was they got an email. He The rest of the, the whole company got an email from the people trapped because the plane hit below. So when yeah. it hit Tower 2, it hit below where his office was. Wow. And he said, he got an email from his boss that said, we're all here. We're all accounted for. We're fine. We're just waiting on the firemen to get here. And 30 seconds later. Done. Gone. Yep. So building fell and that was that. And he lost a ton of colleagues. He lost a ton of close friends and coworkers. And he got to the point too, where like even our grandmother died shortly after 9-11. And he was like, I can't do it. I can't come back. I can't go to another wake. Yeah. I can't, like, it's been too much. Yeah. I, um, so I came out, I came out of 9-11, um, and I held to this prophetic vision of the biblical text of a mourning and sitting in grief, uh, for those who even you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is this collective grief, even in the not knowing. And so from September 11th, and one, one way that they did that was they would, they would wear sackcloth with it, which is an uncomfortable sure. clothing. Sure. Uh, they would cover themselves in ashes. Okay. Uh, they would not cut their hair. Okay. Um, and so I, I wasn't willing to do the first two. Sure. But I was willing to do the third. Yeah. And so until every, um, possible person was identified mm -hmm. in the loss of 9-11 I refused to cut my hair and so for six months mm -hmm. um, the beard grew the hair grew and I've got uh, I held on to some pictures of that space yeah until they came out and said uh, they made the news story that said we've we've identified every individual who is unknown Everyone's accounted for. And the for. loss of 9-11. Yeah. And, and then yeah. I cut my hair and my beard. Sure. Uh, to make it, not to make sure, and for me it was this moment of like, um, we lived near an Air Force base when that happened. Mm -hmm. So we always had planes flying overhead, coming in and coming out of the Air Force base. Right. And after 9-11, 9-11 happened, uh, the skies were silent. Mm-hmm. And, and that was so eerie in that neighborhood. Uh, the, the first the first sound that came in was a supply plane, yeah. a big plane coming in with supplies to the Air Force Base. Mm -hmm. And it was so loud as it flew over that it, everybody was out in the streets Just looking, look. <laughs> looking up at, Just looking at what this noise yeah. was as it, wow. as it passed overhead and, and, and just watching in silence. And we'd look at each other and then look back to the sky, and it was that of just like, are we okay? Are, are, you're okay. Is that I'm a bomber? Okay. Is, right, that, right. Yeah. Is that something else? We were else? paranoid. Right. Yeah, Absolutely, we were paranoid. this paranoia. Sure. Um, but also this, this recognition of like, we're in this. Yeah. And you're not, and I see you, uh, and I hope you see me. Yeah. And we're in this together. And for me, that, that prophetic vision of not cutting your hair was that like don't move on from this mm -hmm. like don't 
don't forget mm-hmm. what happened yeah. on 9-11, even though it was yeah. uh, October, November, sure. December. We're celebrating Thanksgiving. We're celebrating Christmas. Yes, but remember, some families aren't. Yeah. Or they're celebrating it differently. Yeah. And there's, um, I remember that night, might have been the following night. I don't remember exactly, but I went over to a friend's house and he was a religious guy and you, you'll know it, I'm sure, but there's, I want to say it's in Matthew, but it's something like tomorrow has enough worries of its own. Mm -hmm. And, and that was his kind of his mantra for that day was like, man, today sucks. Like today's got enough problems. Like, don't worry about tomorrow because today's got enough problems of its own. And, and I'm butchering whatever that verse was or oh, whatever, okay. but but it was, I remember just thinking, yeah, man, I, this is, this isn't great. Like this, this entire situation and who knows what's going to happen. And, and of course, you know, we as a country went to war and we retaliated like, you know, we as Americans do and politics aside or whatever, just, you know, we engaged in a war that went on for 20 years. And, mm-hmm. but I will say, um, Shameless plug here. I am a, a huge Springsteen fan, and I guess so. It was so it's the 20 year anniversary of his album The Rising. Okay. And if you've never listened to The Rising, especially today, like 9/11, I know you might be listening to this later. You might be listening to this five years from now, but go back and listen to the album The Rising because essentially the entire thing is about 9/11, mm-hmm. and it's super super powerful. Yeah. But it's one of those that, like, when you listen to it and you think about 9-11, you're like, holy crap. Like, every song hits. Like, every single song hits on the emotion of what... Of what that was. What that was. Yeah. I I went to New York uh, in 2018. First time to New York. Okay. First time ever. First time ever. Okay. Uh, We... we, um, I, I... we do the dad daughter dates, but we uh-huh. also do um, sweet sixteen trips. Uh-huh. And so on their sixteenth, they get uh-huh. uh, a national trip of four or five days within reason of expense of what we can manage sure. to go somewhere. And my, and my daughter picked New York City. She wanted to go see New York City, so uh-huh. we had four days of experiencing New York City. So we yeah. we 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 ran through Manhattan. And got everything in we wanted to get in, but one of the things of that was the memorial. Um, whew. as we approached it, I sent Cammie and Jada ahead because I knew the names um, that were on that memorial were the names that I'd prayed for. Sure. For six months. Sure. And I couldn't just walk past that. And when you go around that memorial and you look at every single name, it's an incredibly humbling experience, right? Because you're, you're, that's a person. Like it's, it's etched in stone, but that was a life. That was a family member. That was a friend. That was a firefighter. That was a, a service responder. That was a policeman. That was an EMT. And like when you go, cause, cause my wife and I did that, um, 
five or six years ago, I was there on a business trip and she went with me, but we stayed right across from, yeah. from the, the, sure. the plaza. And we did that. We went through and she, she was cool as a cucumber, but man, sure. I was really emotional. My, my, um, yeah. Cammy knew the weight of what I was doing. Sure. My, my sure. daughter did not. She couldn't. She couldn't. Was she born after 9-11? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. She, so There's just no way. Sure. She'll have those moments in her life where she'll eventually realize the weight of that, unfortunately. So for her, but it's that the Kennedy it. moment with my mom. Exactly. My that. mom talked about I Kennedy. I, I couldn't understand relate. understand why this matters. I couldn't relate. Yeah. But it does, for whatever reason, to you, right? And, and when you're, and exactly what you said, like these were, these were people with stories, the individual lives, mm -hmm. and you realize the smallness of who we are Oh yeah. in the heart of New York, which is the metropolis of everything sure. in the bigness of the world. Sure. And, and it was that coming together of like, we are, we are very small mm -hmm. as individuals and mm -hmm. yet we have a huge capacity for life and uh, making a difference, mm -hmm. uh, even if it's in our very small, influential, what may seem like our small, influential circle. Yeah. And, and the, everything that we're doing is an exercise in fragility. Absolutely. It, because it, it's... The Ecclesiastes writer says it's all vapor. Sure. It's all it's yeah. all momentary. It's all very small. But at the moment that it's there, experience in its fullness. Yeah. And when it's gone, experience it and grieve it at its greatness. Mm -hmm. Man, that's good. I mean, we're kind of at time. I, I think that's a pretty good closing spirit. Yeah. So may, may you go but, into your week experiencing life to the fullness that it has to offer and all of the good and the bad and everything that's mixed in between. Yeah. And in the moments of grief, may you feel it at the depth of your core and grieve with those who are around you so that you can experience who you are in this world. Absolutely. And while today's episode was a little bit more melancholy, slower paced, not as many laughs as you typically find on Center and Saint podcast. Um, I hope it resonates. The, yeah, the reality is like we're still just real people living real lives, yep. and and I mean the the takeaway is you know you go back to episode one, celebrate everything, because life really is fragile. Yep, it is a gift. So so, so take it as such. Happy Sunday. Have we'll a great see you one. next week. Goodbye. Okay. Bye bye. <laughs>